Welcome to the Mosh Pit, your home for unsigned punk, rock, and metal artists, where your music goes to be heard. In the 1800s, the Welsh established communities in Pennsylvania, Vermont, Ohio, and upstate New York. Following the Civil War, the Welsh moved south. The reason they moved to the southern United States was mining. Furrowed brows, the endless shouting tomorrows. Welcome to the Mosh Pit. It's your host, Wes Everett. I'm here with my guest from Dying Light. How you doing, Wes? This is Jim Haldenwine, guitarist from Dying Light. 
I'm doing good, man. How are you doing? Doing great, man. Doing great. Really excited about this album that we got out. Yeah, I wanna I wanna know more about that album, and I know our fans do too. What uh, what you guys been working on? Well, we uh, it took almost a year to finish the project just because of everybody's busy schedules. Um, we started together. It was about two years ago. Um, I had written a whole bunch of songs, and I got together with a, a guy by the name of Jeff Ross, who's our vocalist, and uh, we started collaborating and writing music. And we needed a drummer. We uh, we ended up meeting uh, Sean Dillaplane, the drummer, at a Godsmack concert through some mutual friends. Um, we sat down to dinner at uh, in Atlantic City at the Hard Rock at one of the little cafes there, and they introduced us and said, "Hey, he plays drums, and these guys, you know, they got their own thing going on." And he's like, "Okay, I'll check it out." About a week later, he's at my house recording drums for the very first uh, demo that we did, which is, you know, it moved, it moved really fast from there. And uh, we ended up releasing that. It's called Shallow Grave. You can get it on all streaming platforms. Um, and we gigged that for, for the summer and uh, we got a pretty good response. Like a lot of the local um, people started coming around. They started asking, you know, when, when we're going to write some more music, when we're going to have some newer stuff. So we went into writing mode and it took about a year. Um, we went into Rival Sound Studio with Charlie Berzanski and um, we started laying down tracks and writing new songs as we were doing it. And it's kind of funny about a month before we wrapped up is when we wrote the first song on the CD, The Cycle. And uh, a couple of the guys were kind of skeptical trying to throw that on there that late in the game. And I said, no, it's, it's got to go on there. And uh, it turns out most of the guys agree it's their favorite song on the CD. So um it was a it was a very cool process and uh we really enjoyed writing all the the music and it was it's a lot more of the band influenced where the first one was me pretty much doing all the, the writing and pretty much telling them okay this is what i think should happen here the second album this new one far from life is really the band because everybody got to write everybody got to have a say in how the song went we did a lot of rehearsal before we hit the studio for each song and uh i think it i think it really shows i think it's a, a much more musical album than the first one yeah, very cool looking forward to that yeah, it was so, a lot of fun. Very cool, man. Uh, so you guys just played a um, music festival? Yeah, we got together with uh, some of the, the hard punk, hardcore kind of um, bands. And we did a little festival over at uh, Sun Harbor in Barnegat. And we uh, pretty much the show started at like 2.30 in the afternoon. The first band up was The Colonists. And I don't know if you remember um, a band called Warrior Soul. You happen to remember those guys? Vaguely. This band sounds like, like look up Salutations from the Ghetto Nation from Warrior Soul. Uh, it's really, really cool mix between like metal and hardcore punk. And that's a lot what the colonists sound like. Um, just really cool vibe that they got going there's some really neat grooves that they got going in their music behind the the singer and the singer sounds a lot like um the guy from from warrior soul really cool stuff and then uh, after that um we had figured out which was it was pretty much their album release party they just recently released on uh, itunes they, they they have a very um i would say california punk style uh, which really, it's, I love that stuff. It's like Third Eye Blind kind of stuff meets um, Offspring. So it, it really has a, a unique New Jersey type of sound to it, but it's very much in that California punk um, 
kind of arena. And then we also had another band called Triumph and Tragedy play. Um, and it had been 20 years since they played together and they uh, busted off the cobwebs that day. So um, it was good. It was really good. And then we went on and we closed it out from seven o'clock to uh, eight o'clock. We got to play a full hour set and uh, it was just a great night. I mean, the music scene was alive and well here in New Jersey. It was really cool after all the COVID restrictions and everything to see everybody come out, feel safe, have a good time. And uh, yeah, it was, it was a great show. That's awesome, man. I'm glad to hear that. Speaking of the uh, the lockdowns and everything, how are you guys doing up there? Is everything starting to get back? Well, in New Jersey, the uh, governor is about to lift the mask restrictions for schools, which is uh, really awesome. Um, you know, kids are going to be able to, to go into school without masks on. Uh, the numbers are going down steadily. They're really on a steady decline. Um, so hospitalizations are down. It really looks like we're hopefully fingers crossed. We're at the back end of this thing. We're going to be able to get back to business as usual. That is awesome. That's what I love to hear. So what are you guys working on right now? As far as music, as far as the new release, what, what is in store for this year? Well, we have to take kind of a little bit of a hiatus. Our, our uh, singer is going on a uh, American camping tour for about three months. So we're probably going to kick back into high gear around July. Mm -hmm. And uh, that's usually when we, we got started anyway in the last two years was around July because of the COVID restrictions. So we'll start hitting all the local venues here um, on the East Coast and uh, start playing with a lot of the other acts that we've played with a couple of times and just start trying to get people out to some live shows. I mean, our, our, I believe that our CD and now of course I'm partial to my CD I think it sounds amazing I think Charlie Berezansky did an amazing job on the production of it but mm -hmm. I truly believe we are a live band like we just it all comes together when we play live and everybody says like you guys sound so much better live than you do on your CD and I think it's the energy that we bring to it um, you know it, it just for us when we're doing it live it's how it, it's it's natural habitat and we have a great time very cool, man. Very cool. That's a, that's a hell of a compliment too. Yeah, it really is. You know, when, when people come out and they're like, I love your CD, but you guys just sound so much better when you're up there doing it live. I mean, you can't ask for better than that. That's really what it's all about. <laughs> Absolutely, man. Absolutely. So let's talk about your influences. You mentioned a lot of, a lot of great bands that, that you guys have played with. Who are you, who do you get your influences from? I think anybody who listens to it can definitely tell that there's a Black Sabbath and Ozzy influence there. There's there's very little doubt about that. I love Black Sabbath. Um, you know, I, I, I got introduced to it um, when I was very young, when I started listening to bands like Metallica, Black Sabbath was right there with it. So um, that was a, a definite early influence. Of course, Metallica is an influence. Anybody who grew up in, in the 80s and 90s, it says that, it, that, that, that they aren't. It's just a liar. I mean, it's just, <laughs> you know, they were all over. They were the biggest. They still are one of the biggest bands on the face of the planet. You know, they're, they're really our modern day Led Zeppelin. And we're very lucky to have the longevity that we've had with such a great band. Um, of course, Pink Floyd is a huge influence. When I was about um, 17 years old, I stopped listening to everything except Pink Floyd for about a year. I just went in a Pink Floyd black hole and I got stuck there for a real long time. Um, I love, uh, I, I came up on, on Motley Crue. I came up on all that, you know, kind of hairband stuff. And then of course the, the, 
grunge thing broke open with bands like Alice in Chains and Soundgarden. And I wasn't one of those guys that was upset about it. I absolutely loved it. Um, I, I really felt like the music scene needed a breath of fresh air. And I really think that those guys brought something unique and amazing at that particular time. I mean, everybody was in a hair band at that time. So when those guys came out with like Man in the Box and Rusty Cage and those albums, you know, kind of took off, it was like, wow, there's, it, it's really there. The music is really still there. It's not all about being in a boy band and, and, and looking good up on stage and putting makeup on, which I never did. And I'm not saying there's anything wrong with that for guys that did. It just wasn't my thing. It wasn't my shtick. Um, so it was really cool to be able to get back out on a stage. And I was we were playing at that time in a band called Mudface out in Chicago. I was uh, I was in and we uh, we were in our denim and, and you know, just jeans and, and sneakers and going up on stage and doing it for the music. And we really loved doing that. So. Um, I was really happy to be a part of the music scene at that point in time as well. Mirror, Souls of Megiddo.
awesome, man. That is awesome. And you're, you're a hundred percent right. When grunge came along the, uh, the days of the pretty singers was kind of gone. Yeah. Cause you gotta admit, man, Van Halen, Cinderella, you know, those bands, they were pretty. Yeah. Yeah. But, but the difference was there was a lot of talent in Van Halen. I mean, to this oh, day, God. everybody knows who Eddie Van Halen is. I mean, he's probably one of the most, most versatile and influential guitarists on the face of the planet. Everybody knows who he is, you know, and there were certainly other guys that could keep up with him, but they're mm-hmm. not as famous. Like Ingve Malmsteen never got there. Right. And I think it's because they had something really special with David Lee Roth as their vocalist with, you know, those songs, you know what I mean? Like mm-hmm. they just, they killed it. They killed it. Hot for teacher. Everybody knows hot for teacher. You hear that drum beat kick in and everybody just gets amped up. Panama. I mean, it's, it's an anthem. Oh yeah, you know, absolutely. Yeah. And you know, Wolfgang, he's got a, he's got big shoes to fill, but God, dude, he is just, so good. Dude. I just saw him uh, with guns and roses in Atlantic city. <sighs> And um, he blew me. I mean, like he really blew my mind how good he is. And, you know, he's so the antithesis of what his, what his father was like. He, mm-hmm. he just was laid back up there doing his thing, but he's singing and playing guitar. And he was just amazing. The band was really tight. Uh, they did. They blew my mind. And then I got to tell you, I was a little worried about Guns N' Roses. You know, it's <laughs> been a lot of years. Axel's been through a lot. Uh-huh. Uh, they played for three solid hours, and I swear to God, it sounded like it was 1990. He had his voice that night, and they did every single song that was Guns N' Roses that, that we all knew. And, dude, I walked out of there with such a feeling of nostalgia, I thought I was 18 years old again. <laughs> dude, that's awesome. I, yeah. I, love, I love hearing that about Wolfgang, how he's so much you know, different from his dad. Because you can kind of look at, you can kind of look at uh, Shooter Jennings compared to Waylon. Yeah, I mean, you know, flip side of the coin, but that just that talent, just yes, yes, yeah, yeah. It's it's kind of like uh, John Bonham's son. Yeah, you know, and, and he's been in a lot of projects, but you can tell it's a different drummer. You know what I mean? And mm-hmm. and I I love that people who come from you know music royalty they they kind of make their own mark um, and and don't try to stay in their their father's footsteps so to speak they they go out and make their own way in the music world and and that's exactly what wolfgang is doing Mm -hmm. uh his music anybody who doesn't like his music doesn't like rock and roll man let's be honest absolutely absolutely but getting back to yours um you know where is where are you looking to get to as far as what's on your level what's what's the next step for you guys you know, we really want to kick off touring. You know, we, we'd really like to get into a situation where we could start playing some of these big festivals, some of these big summer festivals and just get out on the road. Um, you know, I mean, the ultimate dream for me, I would love to do a European tour. That would be amazing. That would be life changing. You know what I mean? Even if we just did it one time, I just want to get out there, get to a place where I mean, because because over there, metal is is king. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, get to a place where people really appreciate that kind of music and it's not so much of a struggle to make your mark and just have fun, man, have fun up on stage and play in front of people who love what we're doing. Definitely. Definitely. So how long you said you've been in a few bands, right? Yeah. I mean, I've been, I've been playing in bands since 1990. So, um, yeah, yeah. Uh, it's been, it's been a long road to, to get where we are. The nice thing is, 
Doug, mm-hmm. Chris, and I all went to high school together. We all graduated together. Um, so, but we never put a band together. You know, all these years, we've all been playing music. We've all been doing our thing, but we never actually got together and played in the band together. And, um, you know, even Jeff, I've known him for 25 years. We finally just all, you know, threw our hats in the ring and said, let's do it and just do it for the love of music. You know, we'll make our, we'll, we'll write original music. We'll do it because we love to do this stuff. And we'll try to write music that we would like to hear that's not really being played right now. So that's kind of, that was the, the, the focus and the goal that we had in mind. You know, um, I think if anybody's honest, there's a distinct style that's on the radio right now. Mm-hmm. Um, and I didn't want to be in that mold. We wanted to bring back some of the nostalgia of that hard hitting, like, edgy wasp style of music and um bring a little bit of a modern edge to it and i i, I think we're able to to accomplish that you know we, we got some of that older edgier metal style in there um but with the harmonies it's a bit polished and it gives it kind of a modern sound nice yeah i i for one i love you guys the sound i thanks man just like you said it's very 90s grunge mixed with that that hard sabbath yeah <laughs> yeah 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 you, the things you can't put into words yeah and that was the thing like i just wanted i i just hope people got it you know what i mean like we're not mm-hmm. trying to be anybody else we're trying to do mm-hmm. our own thing but we're we're also trying to let those influences come out so that they're apparent because we're certainly not ashamed of it you know, we're not ashamed to say that we're a metal band. We're not ashamed to say that we're influenced by Black Sabbath and we're, we're influenced by Ozzy Osbourne and we're influenced by Alice in Chains. And if you hear that in there, I'm not offended, man. You know, what I mean? like, yeah. there's so many people that are worried about, oh, my God, we're going to sound just like this. We're going to sound just like that. I don't even think about it. Mm-hmm. If I like the way that a, a groove goes, if I like a riff and I like the vocal harmony that's happening over top of it. If it sounds like something else, listen, they all borrowed it from somebody else too. And they'll all admit to that freely. Yep. So that, that's how this thing progresses. And that's awesome. There's nothing wrong with that. You know, any song you listen to, you can hear who the influences are behind them. I mean, there are very few that you're like, wow, this is hundred percent original. Didn't take any riff from anybody else. <laughs> yeah. It, it, and you know, there's something to be said about the nostalgia. Have you ever heard of the band Pharmacos? Oh, yeah. You, you put that on and it's like an edgier sound garden. Mm-hmm. And, it, it, you know, it's because of the similarity to it that I fell in love with it. The first time I heard it, I loved every single song. And I can listen to that album from start to finish and put it back on again and let it run all over again, just like I would Master of Puppets or Ride of Lightning. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. A couple of albums I ran out a long time ago. <laughs> I, I wore out some cassette tapes, bro. Oh, uh, yeah, you and me both, brother. You and me both. <laughs> ACDC back in black. I had to go through three cassettes of that. Dude, I had a custom, you know, back when you burned or burned, <laughs> back when you recorded your own cassette tapes. Yep. I yep. had back in black on one side and who made who on the other. Oh, yeah. That's epic. Yeah. Dude, who made who, man? I, I'm not going to lie to you. ACDC. The entire soundtrack to Maximum Overdrive is really what pushed me into metal and rock. Okay. Between them and Twisted Sister. So, yeah. Uh, Dude, and and believe me, I loved (laughs) Twisted Sister. Quiet Riot, too. You know, I mean, Quiet Riot was probably my first 
you know, introduction to that style of music. And then I got um, Def Leppard Pyromania. And uh, I mean, it was just like mind blowing. And then, of course, I hit the, the Motley Crue era with um, it was Shout at the Devil. And I went back to Too Fast for Love. And mm-hmm. I got to say to this day, that's my favorite Motley Crue album. That is a killer album. It still stands up. I mean, oh, absolutely. Yeah. hundred percent. Here's a here's a fun one. If you could collaborate with any band, dead or alive, who would it be? Oh God, that's that's a tough one, isn't it? <laughs> Everybody we just listed. That's a tough one. I mean, I would love and and that, you know, thank God they're, they're they're all still here. I would love to do something with Black Sabbath. I mean, I think that that would be a dream come true. A lot of people say that you know, without Zeppelin, we wouldn't have the music we have today, and I agree with that. But I think they forget just how important Black Sabbath is to the metal genre. Like they created it. Oh, you yeah. know, they, they really did. And I would love to do something with those guys. That'd be amazing. Dying Light, The Cycle.
that would be a killer. I, I would come to that show. I would. Oh, dude, I would. Could you imagine Ozzy and Jeff harmonizing? <laughs> <laughs> I got Ozzy's number. Let me give him a call. <laughs> Please give him a call. Let him know we're interested. <laughs> oh, man. Um, what, what have you guys, what's been your biggest challenge as a band other than 2020 and all that nonsense? Oh, dude. I mean, you know, so cliche, but COVID, you know, obviously mm-hmm. is, it has been a major obstacle. Every time it felt like we started to get our legs under us and we'd want to play out shows were getting canceled. We could only play outside. So that made it seasonal. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I remember like two big shows, um, one of them was was heartbreaking. We were supposed to have somebody from a huge metal act was supposed to come to the show and um, it got rained out and we couldn't do the show. And of course, he hasn't been available to come back and, and, and see us since. So it was like one of those opportunities that you really felt like, you know, just everything was against you. You know, mm-hmm. it, it was like, you know, oh, he's going to be here. Holy, holy shit. He's, I'm sorry if I'm cursing. No, you're fine. We, might, we, we might actually be able to, to get somebody in the actual music scene to hear what we're doing. Mm-hmm. And uh, then the letdown of uh, a thunderstorm and sound guys like, look, dude, I can't do it. I apologize, but I can't have my stuff out there. And of course, he's got, you know, ten fifteen thousand dollars $15,000 worth of equipment out there. So, you know, I, I completely understand. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. hundred percent. On the flip side of that, what's your biggest accomplishment as a band? I think this album, Far From Life, I mean, I think we, are, we really have a lot to be proud of. You know, um, we, we really put it all out there. We, we burnt the midnight oil creating it. Um, there were a lot of uh, sparks of inspiration that happened off the cuff while we're in the studio. And I got to tell you, like, Charlie, as an engineer and as a producer, I mean, he just was so positive in the whole process I would want to do every single album we ever do with that guy. You know, even if we, you know, got lucky and somehow got into being in, in, in the, in, on the rock radio stations and everything with a little bit more popularity, I'd say, you know, they want us to go back in the studio. We need Charlie. Cause he just made it that inspirational and lent that much to the music. It was really amazing. Nice. Nice. It's good to have somebody like that too. Especially. Yeah. Cause Cause it was like, Hey man, let's experiment. Let, you know, mm-hmm. what if we try this? What if we try that? What if we do this? What if we do that? And like those harmonies that you hear on the cycle, they were 100% inspired by him. And I don't know if you've ever heard of the band Vexus. He's the main songwriter for the band Vexus. And it definitely had that influence in there because he was part of the recording process. That's awesome. I'll have to look them up. Yeah, check them out, Vexus. They got a new album coming out. There's one out already. Great, great band. If you like the Deftones, um, Vexus will be right up your alley. Very cool. Yep, I'll be looking them up. <laughs> uh, V-E-X-E-S. V-E-X-E-S. Sweet. Yep. Got it. Um, let's talk about your goals for 2022. What 2022, you- I'm going to go into songwriting mode. Um, we're going to start working on another album. Um, you know, one of the things that all the great bands did, I mean, Black Sabbath had what, two out within one year, mm-hmm. you know, like all the great bands, you know, like we're working together, we're doing it now, we have the time now, it's songwriting time, we got to get back in there, we got to use whatever things we had motivating us the last time to put that to put far from life together, to, to get us going in the same direction with some new material. And, uh, you know, that's really the, the, the biggest drive right now is to come up with another 10 or 11 songs and uh, try and hit the ground running all over again. 
Awesome. Do you have two more? I usually ask three. Oh, I'm sorry. What, what? <laughs> I said I usually ask three goals. Um, oh, three goals. Okay. Yeah. All right. Well, that that that's that's one of definitely them. one, man. That's killer. We, like I said, we definitely want to get out, get out there and do some more touring. We want to get out there and you know get some more people introduced to to Dying Light and what we're all about. Um, I, I think that's probably the hardest part for a band starting out is to get a chance in venues where people haven't heard you play. Mm-hmm. Um, so we're putting together press kits. Um, we're, we're, we're doing the promo thing. Um, we're trying to get our name out there, trying to get some more people listening to us on Spotify. Um, we're trying to get more um, terrestrial radio, more of the satellite radio. Um, anything that we could do to get the name out there because we want to play in front of people. We want, we want to be in Indiana playing in front of people. We want to be in Wisconsin playing in front of people. We want to go Canada. We want to go Mexico. We'll go wherever. If they'll pay us to get there, we'll play there. <laughs> nice. And I, I, I guess goal number three is just to, you know, keep that music tight, man. Keep practicing together, get that music nice and tight so that when we do perform, everybody gets the best performance. I mean, that's our goal every time we get on stage is to give our best performance every single time. We want people to walk away going, you sounded better than the last time. The Shop Window Lighthouse. Oh 
absolutely love it. What's the uh, what's the chances we get a Dying Light concert here in Atlanta? I'll tell you, buddy. I got uh, family that lives in Charlotte, and uh, they're all in the music industry. I don't know if you've heard of Jake Holdenback. He was on The Voice. <sighs> I know the name. Uh, yeah, he. Uh, I mean, his his dad's in a band called Raising Cane, which I think is, uh, is he's my cousin. I think that that's probably the best band name i've ever heard i love it raising cane it's awesome um and they're they're like a uh zz top acdc type uh band so i mean it's it's not far-fetched we could definitely be down there we could be in charlotte we could be in atlanta we could be you know i mean i'm i'm hoping to get out there and i'll tell you what i'll keep your email email address on file if we start making our way down there i'll let you know Absolutely, because I'd love to have you guys in a studio. Plus, I'd love to catch a live show. And I just don't think I'm going to make it to Jersey anytime soon. I get soon. it. I get it. <laughs> <laughs> What's uh, the name of that? Uh, what is it? The Blue Ridge Rock Festival or Metal Festival, something like that. We, we applied for that. So, yeah, that's know. a killer one. Yeah. Yeah, yeah I love that know. one. And there's a few more. Plus, you know, I got some ties to some venues down here. I don't want to mention any names, but the Masquerade. Hey, listen, if, like I said, if we could get, if people want us to come and they'll pay us to, to, to drive down, we'll play. You know what I mean? We just need gas money and a little bit of food money and we'll play. <laughs> Shoot, yeah. Hey, that's what we all need, ain't it? Yep. Yeah. Just need a little fuel. There you go. Well, man, uh, last one and I'll let you have your rest of your day back. Um, do you have any advice for any bands that are trying to make a name for themselves? Oh, dude, I'm, it, it's so hard. You know, the, the, the biggest advice that I could give you is obviously you got to make a, a social media presence and you got to keep up with it. You got to every day put something out, keep that name present, keep your name in the forefront of people's minds. And when you're building up to releasing some music, make sure that you really go out of your way to, uh, to let people know that that's coming and they should be expecting it. And, um, you know, just keep pumping it, you know, don't ever pump the brakes, hit that gas pedal. And, you know, if you can get uh, a hold of some PR firms that believe in your product, which we've been fortunate enough to get a couple of PR firms to really push what we have going on. Um, you know, that that's going to be probably the most important thing, because that's going to be what gets your name out there and gets you things like this interview right now. You know, if it wasn't for Curtis, I wouldn't be talking to you. So I'm, I'm, I'm eternally grateful. Yeah. Curtis is a good dude, man. And I'm yeah, he really glad. is. I'm glad he hooked us up. Absolutely. And I'm telling you, man, keep my, keep my uh, information on, on your uh, file. If you got a gig that you want us to come to, let me know the where and when, if we can make it down, we'll come down there, man. Sweet. I will do that. Um, I'll probably shoot you a friend request on Facebook too, because yeah, please you know, do. best way to do it. Um, Absolutely, man. I appreciate everything. I appreciate you sitting in on this. Um, tell our fans one more time where they can find you guys all your socials, all your Spotify links, all that fun you stuff. You can find us on Facebook, on Dying Light New Jersey Band. Same thing on Instagram, Dying Light New Jersey Band. If you go on iTunes, just put in Dying Light. Look for the album Far From Life or the album Shallow Grave. Um, it's going to be the same on Spotify and um, it's going to be the same on YouTube Music and on iHeartRadio. Um, check us out, you know, the, the latest album, Far From Life. Check out the song, The Cycle. If you go on YouTube, you can find a video for that song. We put a lot into it. It's got a lot of, um, a lot of visual art behind it. And I think it really tells an awesome story uh, about the failing of man and, and how we just have to keep getting up and, and brushing it off and, and walking on every time we make mistakes. Um, check us out, man.
Absolutely, man. We definitely will. And uh, looking forward to playing that new track. So awesome, buddy. I really appreciate it. And thank you so much for the interview and, and yeah. for giving me your ear to talk about Dying Light. Man, anytime. When y'all get that next one dropped, let me know. We'll do this again. Sounds great, buddy. I appreciate right. it. Take care, man. Thanks. Bye. Bye-bye. Van Wert was settled by Welsh miners in 1838. A wealthy landowner and Welshman named Seaborn Jones suggested that the land one mile west of Van Wert should become the import and export rail town to save funds. Tirade. Aftermath. Let it go. What a nightmare. Though I didn't count on courtesy. God, no. You're beyond that. I think it's time to cut you off. Yeah, baby.